Hello from the ABA Mid-Year Meeting 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Lawrence Coletti. I'm Carrie Ruttenberg. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. We're here at Caesars Palace. I have Carrie Ruttenberg, who has stopped by to give us some tips here. And so she presented at an event, which is also the title of her book. It's called Images with Impact, Design and Use of Winning Trial Visuals. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Now, I feel obliged to mention that this uh, particular CLE program was provided by the Solo Small Firm and General Practice Division of the American Bar Association. So, how did your presentation go? Oh, it was great. It was great fun, very uh, interactive folks in the audience, and uh, I, I think it went really well. Excellent, excellent. So you and I had a chance to do a little bit of a pregame and so kind of help guide some of these questions. And so why does focus on this matter? I think that was like the first question I wanted to ask you. We kind of went into some of the details. Why does it matter? You know, it's incredible how important visuals are to really any professional presentation. And, and the focus for my book and to some extent for this conference is really on uh, trial presentations. But as I always make clear to folks, it's really any professional presentation. Everything that we say and everything we show should really be designed to advance at least one of three communication goals. And that's helping our viewer to understand, believe, and remember our messages. And visuals are so incredibly powerful for that. Memory studies, cognition studies, they all point to the importance of visuals to accomplish those goals. And so I like to give people some nuggets and takeaways for how they can improve their presentations. Excellent. So uh, in terms of the visual, what works and why? It's really um, sort of dependent on what you're showing. And so I talk a lot about common visual tools, you know, things that we're all using timelines and charts and graphs and maps and photos and animations. And for all of them, to me, what works is when you start with two questions. The first one is, what's your point? And the second one is, what do you need on your visual to convey that point? And if you design everything and use everything around those two issues, you know, what are you really trying to convey and what do you have to have to convey it? You're eliminating extraneous information, the design hierarchy falls into place, and it makes for a much, much more effective visual. Well, that's a great segue to the next question I had. So as a follow-up to that, you were talking about graphic design basics. This is something featured in your book. And so can you share some of that ideology with our listeners? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I just love graphic design. I'm not a designer. I encourage people to hire graphic designers whenever their <laughs> case budget allows for it. But I have found that I've improved my own visuals tremendously by just having some basic graphic design knowledge. And so concepts like alignment and proximity and white space and color and even things like contrast and repetition, they all help us really improve the design design of our message so that our viewer is focusing on the substance and we're making our message heard. Okay. And so this helps get you past the misleading visual. Oh my goodness. So misleading visuals, as much as people would want to think so, it's not unique to lawyers. Uh, we see misleading visuals all over the place and uh, advertisements and, and all sorts of, uh, of other contexts. And when I talk about misleading visuals, what I'm encouraging people to do is increase their awareness so that they're able to spot problems in their opponent's slides if it's a litigation and avoid having misleading visuals in their own slides. And it's everything from 
you know, playing with axes in, in graphs where the y-axis maybe doesn't start at zero or where the range in an axis really makes a line graph look much more dramatic than it should. But there's all kinds of examples of ways that information, not even just data, but information can be manipulated. And uh, I think it's really important to be aware of that and make sure that you're not doing that in your own visuals. So here's a lesson I learned in college. Uh, so technology versus non-technology. And so whenever I give a presentation anywhere, I am prepared to go if the lights Absolutely. go off. And so I have flashcards. I know it's old school, but I bring flashcards with my presentation on there without graphics. I've got to be able to make that presentation without the benefit of pictures and the visuals behind me. And so in terms of that, you know, uh, you're in a courtroom and you're putting together a presentation that technology makes that communication of that message so effective. But where, where do you draw the line there? I know there's some low-tech options and there's some high-tech options. What's your recommendation on which path to choose? Well, you've raised a couple of really important issues. One of them is substantive, which is that sometimes low-tech, which in, in my world, what I mean by that is using things that are not necessarily a, a displayed image on a monitor or a screen. So it might be, for example, a, an enlarged foam board or a dry erase board where you're creating something on the fly with a witness. Um, it might be a document projector where you're actually creating something that is being projected, but it's live. Um, much more low-tech than what we do with PowerPoint or Keynote or some of these other programs. And so there are times when going low-tech lets you connect a little bit more. You know, I can walk a dry erase board, or even better, an enlarged foam board, along the jury box and show them critical images in a way that I can't do if it's just displayed on a monitor. And so that's low versus high tech in terms of the substance and how we're using it. Where you started is identifying a critical point that I make in an entire chapter of the book where I talk about having a backup plan. And your example translates very well to the trial world. And what I'll always tell folks, for example, is to have hard copy printouts in color of the slides that they would otherwise be using in a PowerPoint. Because if something goes down, the computer's not working, a connection's not working, whatever happens, you may have a backup in a document projector and you can put the slides directly onto the projector and just turn them by hand, one by one. So there's all sorts of tips and tricks that you can use for, for backup plans when you're giving presentations, whether it's to a judge or a jury or colleagues or a government agency, boards of directors. It doesn't really matter, but have a backup plan. So what you're telling me is medium matters. <laughs> medium absolutely matters. That's right. Excellent. So as part of these, uh, we travel around with the ABA, the American Bar Association, quite a bit. And I always try to, the best of my abilities, leave our listener with some instant takeaways they can plug right into their practice, help them right now, reward them for tuning in. Also tempt them if they did not come to this mid-year meeting to come to the next one. And so with regards to that, uh, Carrie, can you share some tips, just instant takeaways, your favorites with our listeners today? Sure. I, it's hard to pick favorites, I will say, um, since I've written an entire book on the topic. But I think, um, again, starting with the really critical questions of what is the actual message? What's your point? And what do you need on the visual to convey it? So a tip of eliminating extraneous information really applies to everything. The obvious example is text, where people have way too much text on a slide. But that goes for everything, maps and charts and graphs and photographs. Every single element on a visual requires some of your viewer's attention to comprehend. So if you've got a really busy visual, 
it's not neutral if they don't get the information. It's actually detracting from the presentation. So I think eliminating extraneous and focusing on what you need is one category of tips. And I guess the second one I would pass along is presenting information in what I call a volume build when you do have a lot of visual information to present. Sometimes your theme is complexity or a lot of something, and it's just a matter of presenting the information gradually so that the viewer has a chance to comprehend each piece. Okay, so I have one last question for you, and I was remiss because we didn't do your bio at the beginning of the show. So I want to, just for the benefit of our audience, where do you work? What do you do, Carrie? Sure. I'm a, a partner at Jones Day. Uh, it's a, a global law firm. I'm in the Washington, D.C. office. Uh, I'm the head of litigation in that office, and I try cases all over the country, a mix of criminal law and um, some civil parallels to criminal law. But I'm a, I'm a trial lawyer, and I use visuals in every single case. So you practice what you preach. Absolutely. And it comes from experience. And a lot of the examples that I use are, are directly out of my own cases. Well, you heard it here first, Legal Talk Network listeners. So just uh, one, one quick little follow-up on that. Uh, you know, if our listeners, they want to reach out, maybe they have some further questions, maybe they want some, some advice, they're new to the trial world and want to be effective right away. How can they find you? Well, I'm certainly on Jones Day's website, so feel free to uh, to pull up my email there. Um, to leave it here, it's just kruttenberg at jonesday.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and always happy to connect with folks who are interested in visuals and tips on visuals, and I, I tend to share on that. Well, we reach the end of the road for today's episode, but I want to thank our guest, Carrie Ruttenberg, for joining us today. Thank you very much. It was really fun talking with you. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.